Brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice.com. Welcome back to Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Eric Ruby and myself, Jeremy Schnell, filling in for the guys. And Jesse Morrison filling in for Sarah Cazell today on social studies. Jesse, what do you got? All right. So you guys opened the show with talking about these two hires. So I will start first off. Do you guys like the Cardinals hire of Drew Petzing as offensive coordinator? Yeah, why not? I think he's had a good run of things in Cleveland. At first, when I saw Deshaun Watson's stat lines from this season, I was maybe a little bit concerned. But you do some digging, and you realize that that was not Drew Petzing. That was more Deshaun Watson. His work with Jacoby Brissett has been great. With the tight ends have been great in the past. I think he will fit in just fine. I like it. I like the hire. I think Petzing could do a pretty good job uh, at relating to Kyler Murray. I think that's important here because he's younger and I think that's what they were trying to do with this hire is go younger. So I like the hire. I think that he could do pretty well with with Kyler Murray and the relationship that they create and also Trey McBride because he's worked with tight ends in the past. Okay, so we had one response here that was incredible uh, from AZKid0628. They should give these out to the first 100 fans with his head on them. And it's Pez Dispensers because okay. it's Petzing. Okay. And so I, I thought that was funny. And he, he, he tweeted a picture of the uh, of Pez Dispensers uh, on his... With Petzing's head on the... No, on this one, it's uh, it's characters from uh, Mickey Mouse and, and his friends. But um, yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, UB21 Hooper says there should be an option that says didn't know he existed before the hire. Uh, Frosty Punch said, tweeted a gif of uh, Ryan Reynolds and said, who are they? <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people that don't really know who uh, these people are. And um, as far as the uh, poll results go, though, uh, 53% of the audience said no, 47% of the audience said yes. You can still vote for that on Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. All right. The second one. Do you like the Cardinals hire of Nick Rollis as DC? Ah, why not? Let's keep the youth infusion going. I think Tyler Drake probably said it best when he was on with us last segment where it kind of feels like Rallis could be just working with Gannon here, going to be under the thumb of Gannon, not in a bad way, but more in a way of Gannon's got to look at the whole thing. He's got to look at the whole enchilada, right? So you want somebody there in your defense that you're comfortable with, but that also is going to run things the way you want it to be run. Bring the 29-year-old that you've got work history with already. Let him run. He's had great history with the linebackers there over on the Eagles. Figured out how to use Hassan Reddick. Might try to use him to figure out how to use Isaiah Simmons here. I, yeah, I, I think it's good. I, I would love to put Isaiah Simmons on the outside. I think, you know, it's a little too early to tell. Obviously, we talked about the youth movement and, you know, Gannon being pretty young for a head coach, uh, Rallis being pretty young for DC, and, and Petsing being pretty. pretty young. the youngest. Yeah. He's the youngest. The three of them are young. Um, but I like that. I think that they'll be able to work well together and relate to the players. I know we just got off a coach that, you you know, was more of a player's coach, but I think I like that. If they can be disciplinarians as well, that's yet to be seen. 
All right, so AZ Kid zero two zero six two eight. It's coming in hot with some good good responses. So he said, "I thought I heard someone say they were going to rallies. I heard wrong with a uh, a sad face emoji." I thought that was funny. Good job. That's great. Great fries at rallies. AZ Kid. What's what's his Twitter handle? Two six zero six two eight. Okay. Sounds like a password, really. Not familiar with him, but tell, but time will tell. So there you go. That's from uh, Santino Bambino three on Twitter. That's fantastic. Uh, and then Brian Anderson here at two the baseball player, the announcer. Uh, I don't I don't know, but uh, I think he had my favorite response um, because it was refer- it's referencing my uh, one of my favorite movies, Talladega Nights. Um, Dear Lord, baby Jesus, please let these no name young dudes become household names in the likes of McVeigh, Sirianni, and Taylor. We'd love that. I mean, that <laughs> would be I, I, ideal. Gambo said, no, I'm, I'm going to go out on a tangent here. Gambo said that recently about ASU, that he would like ASU's guys to get hired elsewhere because that means they're doing a good job here. It's the same with the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Cardinals. If they're doing well and get hired to be head coaches or coordinators elsewhere, that means the Cardinals are doing well. Jason Mons! Exactly. It's really interesting to see both the Cardinals and the Sun Devils really go for a youth movement having this young, energetic guy leading their franchise or their program kind of out of the depths that somebody else put them in there. And we mentioned Cliff Kingsbury being younger. Cliff Kingsbury's age wasn't the reason why it didn't work out. It was how he, his demeanor, uh, his lack of uh, adapting on the fly, which is something that Gannon has made it very clear that thing. he will do. And his uh, execution. Uh, uh, execution. execution. All right. <laughs> okay, so we haven't gotten to this today, but I did want to talk about it. Rate the NBA All-Star Weekend on a scale of 1 to 10 and why? I'll give it a seven and a half because I couldn't care less about the game at all. The the, the skills challenge, all that, I, I think it brings it up a little the bit. The skills think, challenge was terrible, but no, the I three mean, point like the, shootout the overall, and the dunk contest the is overall awesome. Dunk contest. The, yeah, the skills challenge, they've just got to go back to like point guards competing. That That's that's all they need. But Bam has won it before. Uh, didn't he, Sabonis win Carl it one year? Carl Anthony Towns won it, I yeah, think, last year. Th- that's fine. I like that Like when it was like the guards competing against the bigs, but this like fun. team competition format with like moving targets and I, the players didn't I'm really know the specific, rules. Like the, the three point contest was fun. Oh I th- yeah, I thought the dunk contest was awesome with Mac McClung winning. Um, uh, you, the dunk did you say seven? Was the, it was the only redeemable quality from the last couple of days. I don't think so. I think the, I, I think the game was pretty okay. I, I wasn't great, great. but great. like like the the whole Tatum and Brown going at each other in the third quarter was fun. I, like, over three hundred points. Can Combined in like two possessions that people point to that they enjoyed watching. Yeah, I think the reason people didn't like it as much is because Giannis played uh, 30 seconds and LeBron only played two quarters. So, celebrity game, anybody? I would rather watch the celebrity game at this point. All right. Well, first off, I do need to give the poll results for the Nick Rollis question. That's fine. Fifty-seven yeah, percent uh, of the audience said yes, they like that hire. Forty-three percent said no. So they like the DC hire. Not really cool with the OC hire. But going back to the All Star Weekend one, we got some responses from 
Shy Sox AZ, wondering if that is uh, Nick on the news side's burner account. Um, of what I watched, a seven. Genesis Open was far more exciting. That uh, Tiger came back uh, minus one, and then John Rahm, he won ASU guy. Didn't well, Tiger- we mentioned golf, and now Dan Bickley's actually running in on President's Day to talk about Tiger Tiger had like five bogeys on the final day, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's all that they want to talk about is Tiger. No, yeah. no matter no matter who else is playing or I how saw, good Tiger's been. I saw someone tweet that when Tiger, if and when Tiger wins again, that'll be better than when he won his last tournament. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then uh, It'll be more impressive, for sure. Then Leah said zero because it's terrible, and uh, Corn Plaster said... Was that this weekend? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right, we got. We are running up against the break, but I will try to get these last two in as quick as we'll do it quickly. I can. Um, are you confident in the Suns' bench, or do they need to add another piece in the buyout market? Adding a piece would be fine, but they're okay how it is. Just figure out your rotation. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and we're going to talk about that next segment as well, Jesse. All right, uh, at. Joshua Ashbrin one said, I don't think this is a bench league anymore. It's all about the top three. We have four. We need our four to score over 100 a game. <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, Mike Pelton, AZ, says reality is in playoffs. Only three to four guys on the bench will play. Payne, Ross, Warren, and Biombo, not a terrible group. Mike Leonard said, will campaign be healthy? And then uh, we've got Robbie Patterson, who said they really he really wished they had added Kevin Love. So he's on uh, the Miami Heat. Yeah, culture. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we have one more question. I posted this 12 minutes ago, and we have 15 responses already. <laughs> uh, do the Clippers adding Russell Westbrook make them a bigger threat to the Suns in the West? Wait, what? Breaking news sounder, Jesse. Where where was that? I, I, think, I think we're good without the I'm breaking kidding. news segment for, Russell, <laughs> for sounder for Russell Westbrook. You know, I'm torn on this one because everybody is so quick to say, oh, they're going to be so bad now. Russell Westbrook is the locker room cancer. I don't think that he was the sole problem with the Lakers. And if he continues to buy in a role off the bench, and Tyron Lue is a great coach, he could be turned into a weapon. Now, will that actually happen? I don't have the most confidence in, but I'm not turning my nose at it. I think they're the most uh, talented team in the Western Conference. Now, if they put it all together, is is yet to be seen. Okay, Big Panda 480 says no because Westbrook is going to Westbrook. Yep. Uh, Duarte 2151 said big time. Is that Chris Duarte? No, it's Fernando Duarte. Oh, okay. Uh, big time will be a fun postseason. Uh, Tino says, I think it helps the Suns. Westbrook can shoot them out of games. <laughs> and then we got AZ Kid again. Wow. Nah, he's a bit washed. <laughs> All right. All right. Jesse, thanks so much. That's social studies. Jesse Morrison filling in for Sarah Cazell. Myself, Jeremy Schnell, and Eric Ruby were filling in for Bickley and Murata. Thanks so much, Jesse. Uh, now, do you do the Suns need to add another player in the buyout market? We just talked about that now. We're going to talk about it also next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Paul brings it over to the right wing and finds Wainwright in between the circles for three. He got another one. This Wainwright, three for six from downtown tonight. 15 points for the former Baylor Bear. Welcome back to Bickley and Murata Mornings with Eric Ruby and myself, Jeremy Schnell, filling in. Ish Wainwright, Eric. His contract is up. It's over. It's over. Oh, sad. But well, he could be back. I mean, yeah, could be. James Jones didn't tell us whether he's going to make that decision last week when he was on Burns and Gambo. All three of the Suns' most popular players are now gone. Well, technically, Ish, we still have a few days for them to figure out if they're going to bring Ish back or not. But, but Ish, that's, Ish Wainwright, uh, Cam Johnson, and Mikael Bridges, I would say, uh, might even be popular, more popular than Devin Booker. Yeah, no, that might be the worst take I've ever heard in my entire life. But, well, no, you know, I mean Mikael Bridges. Okay, Mikael Bridges might be just more of a Loved character than Devin Booker, but if you went like as a down, player, if yeah. you went down the street and you asked a hundred Phoenix Suns fans who their favorite son is, I feel like Devin Booker's coming up more. I think it's forty five percent. Uh, Mikel Bridges, though. Okay, I, I think like, Mikel's fine. Throwing, well, throwing Ish like, in there. I like Ish, but that's just ridiculous. Has Devin Booker done a lemonade stand, though? <laughs> <laughs> nope, you got me. You got me. That completely ruins my entire side of the argument. Thank but you, But now Jesse. we... Here's what we're trying to figure out, Eric. We're trying to figure out what the Suns do with this roster spot. Do they bring back the locker room piece with Ish Wainwright? Because he's probably not going to play. Like, he'll play some minutes the rest of the 20-some-odd games the rest of the season, but he's not going to play in the playoffs. You would assume not. I mean, there might be a break glass in case of emergency that you need some wing that can maybe hit a three, but you shouldn't be banking on playing Ish Wainwright in the playoffs. But that brings back who's left out there. And that's an interesting question because if you're going to talk about replacing Ish Wainwright, it's a lot easier to replace him with somebody the likes of Kevin Love, a big who could shoot with championship pedigree, who's a connector, kind of like Saric, but better than Saric. Now you're looking at this buyout market. I know a lot of people don't like him, but the big name, Russell Westbrook, he's gone. He's going to the Clippers. John Wall's still out there. Reggie Jackson goes to the Nuggets. I mean, you're talking point guards. You're talking Pat Bev. You want Pat Bev nope, on this team, Jeremy? Nope, nope. And you're talking about uh, <laughs> uh, chemistry. You're, you're right. like, like with this Wainwright, you're going to get the chemistry with, with Pat Bev. I, I, would you rather I, have Serge Ibaka or I just Wainwright? don't think Chris Paul would allow that. Serge Ibaka... I don't know. We were just talking about, like, Serge Ibaka didn't bring anything to Milwaukee, so why would you think he's going to bring anything to the Suns at this point in his career? So my point basically is, if there was an actual option to replace Ish, like if they could have gone and signed Kevin Love, then I'm sorry, thank you for everything you did, Ish. You were a great interview, you're a great fan, Colts favorite, strongman Ish Wainwright, but we're going to go with Kevin Love. Kevin Love's not an option. I'm not bringing in Patrick Beverly to snub Ish Wainwright. I know that's a really weird sentence to say, and I've, as much as Pat Bev is maybe a weird topic, I don't know if he would instantly tank the Suns like a lot of people think he would. That's a lot of professionals in that room who want to win a championship, but I just wouldn't want to risk it. Right, him just and Russell Ish Westbrook kind of made it work in L.A. before they got broken up. Right, and I'm not, look, I'm not advocating towards adding Patrick Beverly to your locker room. I'm I not just saying don't it's a think good that thing. would ever happen. No, it sh- well, no. I don't think it should happen <laughs> at all. I don't get it twisted. I don't think it should happen, but I'm basically saying all this to paint a picture. 
picture where Ish might not be playing, but for your final roster spot to have somebody who knows the system, who's practiced with your guys, who people like being around. He is just a gravitational personality to where yep. you can be an end-to-bench guy, and Jesse can come in with the incorrect statement, but he can still say it and think it that Ish Wainwright is more popular than Devin Booker. Likeable. Likeable than Devin Booker. <laughs> Sorry. Either way, it's wrong. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> but it, it, He's one of the four most popular players. I just don't... I don't Before Mikel and Johnson got traded. Yes, but, correct. Yeah, um, yeah. Now I think it's it's KD probably one, book two. So Again, you have three. You, you have four it's days. Three. Yeah, you have four days to kind of figure this out, right? And that gives teams time to, you know, they still have to figure out their roster spots. Where do we see a Kelly Oubre? Where do we see a Seth Curry? Do they get put out on the buyout market? There are still players that may be out there. Uh, there was um, who were we talking about yesterday? That uh, the shooting guard, uh, Will Barton, Barton is, is still yeah. out there. Well, when you look at if there are guys that get on the buyout market who aren't there yet, like a Seth Curry, like a Kelly Oubre Jr., then we're having a different conversation, right? Because. Kelly Oubre gives you somebody who can slot into these wing minutes, which I guess you're trying to figure out with an overload of players, like Monty said, but I think he's definitely good enough to make your playoff rotation, and you continue the trend of bringing some guys home, some of these players who helped build the Suns to where you're at the point where you can get Kevin Durant, which started about a decade ago with the 2013-2014 Phoenix Suns, bring some of these players back as maybe a uh, fan favorite, get some Kelly Oubre jerseys out there, but Seth Curry intrigues me. That level of shooting is something that campaign just can't match. But that's another point guard that can't really defend. So at the end of the day, unless somebody's there that you think is going to make a legitimate difference come playoff time, just reward-ish. Sign the guy. I don't really see why not. And my point is you can't make that decision until Thursday. You have to wait it out. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. They, the, the James Jones-led sons do not rush into things. It's how, we, <laughs> it's how we ended up here right now. Yeah. These things take time, as yeah. some people might put it on Twitter. James Jones doesn't rush into it. That's why when Burns and Gambo asked him about, okay, Ish only has one game left on his contract. This is before the Clippers game. What's the plan? James Jones said, oh, we still have games left. We're going to figure it game. out then. We still have game left. Right. So <laughs> J- James Jones doesn't just make these decisions. And I'm sure that over this week, over All-Star the all-star break, there might be some teams who have these meetings with a player like a Kelly Oubre, like a Seth Curry, and they come to the conclusion that they're going to buy them out. Now, Brooklyn might still be competing for that playoff spot with the Brooklyn Bridges. He is just going absolutely off over there. Oubre, the the Hornets, they're not going to compete for anything, but they've already bought out a couple players. Are they going to want to front that bill as well? Just a couple of things to keep in mind as we get to the point where we're really gearing up for that championship run. No more trade speculation, no more trade talk. Realistically, this last spot we're talking about on the roster isn't going to come into play a couple months from now. It's starting to get real, and you want to have the best, most complete roster. I think Ish Wainwright makes it the best, most complete roster. Yeah. And then where does he fit in in getting minutes? Just doesn't, right? Well, that's the thing is you can't really worry about that when he's going to be an end-of-the-bench guy anyway. Like, Ish Wainwright, the great thing about signing Ish Wainwright instead of a Kelly Oubre, instead of a Kevin Love, 
is that Ish Wainwright doesn't expect minutes. Ish Wainwright could go the full 48 on the bench cheering on his teammates, and he would be all for it, bought into his role. Now, maybe I'm speaking for the other guys, and I don't know that they'd be able to buy into it, but you would have to imagine on that level that Ubre and any other buyout candidate coming to the Suns is going to want to play more than Ish is going to demand to. Yeah, and with Ish, obviously, I he leads the team huddle in before the game. Like he he, he literally gets in there with the bench. Like with the bench players, you saw. I have a video of it. And I guess I'll post it on social media after this, of him literally like stomping his feet and stuff. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I think he look. The guys go on Twitter and they they vouch for him. I mean, when Mikhail was here, calling him strong man. I mean, he's a great personality. He's a good locker room guy. He, he's a good basketball player. He can give you some stuff throughout a regular season, but he certainly will not be somebody that Monty Williams is going to be looking down to the bench and say, first off the bench, Ish Wainwright. If he gets some playing time, there's probably some other extenuating circumstances leading to that. Yeah, and then I guess we can uh, talk about the bench for one more second. Like, the, the, the bench, like, we're just not going to get that far down the bench at all like we're we're thinking like seven right realistically you're only going to play a couple players off the bench right and and then that's what we were talking about earlier in the show with john bloom is that you know we could talk about chemistry with bench players as much as we want but at the end of the day it's not like it's going to be all five guys on the court or on the from the bench no you're probably not going to go without one of your four main players maybe even a combination of two of them once you get later in the playoffs on the court at the same time it's just filling in those Breaking stops off. stop gaps in between it's filling those stop gaps of okay kevin durant's on the floor and devin booker's off of it is campaign getting those minutes? Is Damian Lee getting those minutes? Is Terrence Ross getting those minutes? It's figuring that out over the next 20 games. Yeah. Um, text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Coming up next, we'll continue to react to the Cardinals' hires of offensive and defensive coordinators. And also, what are they going to do with that number three overall pick? That's next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Good morning and happy President's Day to you all. Obviously, this is not Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. We are filling in Jeremy Chanel, Arizona Sports Multimedia Producer, and myself, Arizona Sports Afternoon Contributor, Eric Ruby, here for you. On this fine Monday morning, we continue to talk some Cardinals. They filled their vacant OC and DC positions over the weekend on defense. 29-year-old Nick Rallis is going to be coming over from Philadelphia following new head coach Jonathan Gannon. The 29-year-old becomes the youngest coordinator in the National Football League on offense. You've got Drew Petzing coming from Cleveland to the Valley. He was their tight ends coach, then their quarterbacks coach, and now he will be the offensive coordinator for Arizona. Now, we've talked about both of these hires. We talked about them with Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter. But, Jeremy, now that it's all kind of settling in and we've gotten some context on them all, is there anything that really stands out to you about either Petzing or Rallis that you think can come into play this season? I think it's really actually just coming to me right now. If you think about where we're, what we're going to talk about in a second is the draft. When they bring in Rallis, he's a linebackers coach, right? Correct. What position does Will Anderson play? Linebacker. Outside linebacker. 
Yeah. What does that tell you? I mean, that's that is definitely why. Why would they do that, Eric? <laughs> why would they do that? Well, I think you can do it for a couple of reasons. One of it might be that, that one of, if not the top prospects uh, in the draft is Will Anderson, who you can go and play on the edge, and you can play similarly to like you would play somebody like Hassan Reddick. But I just think overall that position has been something that the Cardinals have lacked direction on, and. It might be weird to assume a 29-year-old can come in and establish direction, <laughs> but I think it's him along with Gannon. And personally, like I'm not, I'm not worried about that. To me, just because you've done something for a certain amount of time or a certain amount of years does not mean that you're the best person for that job. Rouse could come in and really connect to these players but also have a great football mind because I think when we talk about younger coaches, all we chalk it up to is they're going to relate to the players. They're going to you know, be more personable, and Kyler's going to like Drew Petzing because he's not 75 years old and been calling plays in the NFL for 30 years. I think that's part of it, but I also think that if you're being brought in as a younger person, you're more adaptable to change. You're more able to see your own faults and be kind of self-aware in that sense because you don't have these years and years and years of building up this consistency that brings good and bad habits. So right. I think you can have some benefit there with this young guy. Yeah, and, and you're able to connect to the players. And I think that's important when you're in the NFL. I know we talk about connecting to the players and everybody gets kind of kind of scared because, you know, that's what Cliff was supposed to do as the head coach for the Cardinals because he was young and he could relate to the players. But when uh, you... Yeah. <laughs> and then now these guys coming in, they're young. They can relate to the players. But also they've been on teams uh, petting back when he was on Minnesota that had a good offense and they and when you look at Rallis he's been on a team that had one of the best defenses in the NFL and obviously Gannon as well they've been on teams with success not a bad college team at Texas Tech right there it's it's funny when people start to draw the comparisons between Gannon and Kingsbury and basically the only thing is oh yeah they're both on the younger side other than that, everything is completely off opposite. Both Offense. might be players, coaches kind of thing. Right, yeah. but the players, coach is such a widely used mantra that most coaches have to be somewhat players, yeah. coaches, and that's you have to have the players like you in order unless to you're really Herb fight Brooks. for you. Unless you're Herb Brooks. <laughs> he, he said, I'm not going to be your friend. If you want to do that, take it up with the other but coaches. to be a players, coach, I, don't think you ne- I, I think being a players, coach goes beyond being their friend. To be, I think it gets kind of twisted where being a players coach just means that you can talk and relate to them and get to them and through to them more than maybe other coaches can. That doesn't mean that you coddle the players and everything they want to do that they can do. Like that's that's not how any of this works. So a players coach if that is what Cliff Kingsbury was doing as a players coach where he let the players run the show where they can kind of do whatever they want. That's how you get Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons saying the team did not seem prepared coming into the season. You get a player's coach like what Jonathan Gannon is supposed to be. It's the players love him. They'd fight for him. They'd run through a wall for him. But they don't get to do whatever they want. Yeah. That's just not how it goes. But they might be adding a really, really big piece when it comes to the NFL draft. Or multiple pieces. Right. So the reason I say might be is because they've got the number three overall pick. Huge asset. You can do a couple things with that. You can take the best available player. 
or you can trade back and replenish your trenches and all the other positions that you need with more picks. Jeremy, if you were new general manager Monty Austin Fort and you had this number three pick in your arsenal, are you leaning towards drafting one of these potential difference makers like, let's say, a Will Anderson, like maybe a Jalen Carter? Or are you going to be more prone to trading it back and seeing what you can find in some of the later parts of the first round, second round, and so on? Okay, so yes and no is my answer. Perfect. (laughs) So here's what I would do. It's kind of like what the Suns are doing with Ish Wainwright. It's a wait and see what other teams do, right? If the Bears go out and take Will Anderson, I think that makes your decision for for you. I think what Carter brings to the table is great, but I think they have skill sets like that on their defensive line. What they need is an outside linebacker. Yeah. And if they are not able to get that at the number three pick because the Bears take Will Anderson, I think you trade it out. And I'm looking at a couple mock drafts right now, and it's really flip-flopping between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson to the Bears for the number one overall pick. Because they could use either. Their defense could use a lot of different positions. Right, but I think the entire city of Chicago would revolt because they didn't do something on the offensive side. They're like, you didn't get Justin Fields' uh, help on the offense. What are you doing? All the fans want them to trade the pick so they can get help on offense. So let's play that game. From what I understand. I I don't know. Lauren's not back there, so I can't ask her. Let's let's play that game then, okay? (laughs) Chicago trades the number one overall pick to a quarterback eyeing team. The Colts. The Panthers. Right. Right? Okay. Number two are the Texans. A lot of people have them taking Bryce Young or maybe whatever quarterback is left over if somebody trades up. Then you've got your choice of Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. You but might want you to, also, to trade back one pick to get either of those guys and another exactly, asset along with them. Exactly. So that's why it's a wait-and-see thing. Because you have teams that are behind you that want quarterbacks as well. So if someone takes a quarterback at one, someone takes a quarterback at two— is there a team that wants to trade up to three to get that third quarterback? That's all. Oh, that's you know, it's the NFL, so it's not insane. Not insane to be like, oh, it's well, happened. Somebody, right? Well, it, it happened. happened it happened recently. like two years ago. Yeah, like it, it's happened with Trey Lance. It's like it, it's just the reality of things. Quarterback craze just takes over every the most team. important position in football. I don't believe that, but that's uh, okay. The maybe the single, but as a unit, it's the offensive line. It's it's both lines because if you're building a team, I'm putting the quarterback last. I'm I'm dropping the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl with not an offensive line. Yeah, not everybody's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> if you're taking the greatest of the great, then yeah, they can overcome anything. But if I'm building an NFL team, I'm building it through the offensive and defensive line. Then I'm getting my weapons. Then I'm drafting a quarterback. To me, you can have Patrick Mahomes, and he can go against everything. That's because he's Patrick Mahomes. Let's take him out of the conversation and just look at everything else. It all starts in the trenches. There you go. I got to do my best, Wolf, and and talk about the trenches, but I want to talk about another scenario. We talked about, okay, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter gets taken one. Cardinals kind of just end up with whoever falls at three if the Texans take a quarterback. What if they don't? What if, the, what if the Texans say, okay, we're going to go with the Eric Ruby school of methodology and wait to draft a quarterback, and we're going to go just build our defense? Because we got D'Amico in here, yeah. and we want somebody to be just a stalwart on the line. We've got Stingley back there, who we drafted last year. 
if that happens, let's. I'm not saying it's likely or not likely, but if that happens and both Will Anderson <laughs> and Jalen Carter are gone, what happened? Like you have to you almost have to trade, trade that pick, it, right? Yeah. But uh, but then th- that pick becomes so valuable for whoever's searching a quarterback, right? Which is going to be these other teams, Bryce that are, Young, CJ Stroud, right? Like that are picking high. I just. <laughs> I don't see the Texans not taking a quarterback because didn't D'Amico Ryan say the other day something along the lines of we have a quarterback for now? Well, that's what I'm saying. They have a quarterback for now. They don't. They're not trying but to. But for now, which game. means like until April. Josh Rosen's our guy. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm not saying it's out of the question. It would make it would make sense. It would make sense for the Texans to draft a quarterback. But are you going to draft? Bryce Young when you don't know if you can protect him yet? I wouldn't know. Well, first of all, I would not draft Bryce Fair Young. Enough. I would dra- I would draft CJ Stroud because Bryce Young is five foot nine. Bryce Young is the guy <laughs> getting mocked though. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Stroud's going after Levis in a lot of mocks. Oh God, here we go again. Oh no, this one this one has uh, has Stroud at, at pick number four to the Colts, but the, the Colts are, are who I'm eyeing. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals and I've got this pick and Anderson and Carter were gone. I am calling Jim Ursay faster than <laughs> I can call anybody. Say, hey, Jim, I got a nice button for you that you can press that can open up the roof at your own stadium and mine because he had a video saying, this is my button, and I can open the Colts' roof anytime I want. I'm going to call him. I'm going to say, you can open up the Cardinals' but roof. But can you move the field in and out? Right. So I'm going to say, okay, you know what? You need to come here. You need to give us the number four overall pick for whatever. You want to let us know what the Cardinals should do with the number three overall pick. You can text your thoughts at the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the Suns traded for that star power. And sometimes super teams don't fit. But this one, you don't got to worry about that. More on that next on Arizona Sports. Bickley Murata, Jeremy Schnell, and Eric Ruby filling in. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, welcome back to Bickley and Murata Mornings. I'm Jesse Morrison, kind of in for Sarah and Jarrett today. Got Jeremy Schnell and Eric Ruby in for Dan and Vince. We'll look at the Arizona sports poll question. Sponsored by Sanderson Ford up at ArizonaSports.com. With Kevin Durant in town, what is the minimum the Suns have to achieve to consider 2022-23 a success? Make the conference finals, make the NBA finals, or win the Suns' first NBA championship? Simply put, you do not trade for Kevin Durant if the expectation is not to win a championship. Look, if they don't win one this year, then they've got the rest of Kevin Durant's contract. But that's a future question for right here right now, this season they have to win the title for it to be considered a success. If you want to win the title with Chris Paul, you have to do it this year. Undoubtedly. I think that is un- like that is so clear to me that this is probably going to be Chris Paul's final year with the team. Now, next year, I think they'll have enough cap space to go, and a- go out and add some pieces and to fill that void, but there's a lot of unknown there, a lot of unknown chemistry things that we don't know it's going to happen past this year. So winning the championship is paramount this year. And it's important to differentiate between this season being a success and his tenure. Not winning the championship does not mean that Kevin Durant's tenure is going to be a failure. But for this season, yeah, it would be. Very important. Yeah, they got to win a ring. Win the franchise's first title. I'm going to answer that 
one. All right. That is the lead at 49%. Make the NBA Finals 34%. Make the Conference Finals. I feel like that's surprisingly high at 18%. I don't know. I, 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 just, I, I think they have to win the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Celtics are good. All right. Transitioning to more chemistry stuff. We expect this team to get everything together so quickly. It's gonna, it's gonna have to go by fast. I mean, you only have 20 games after the All Star break, and you're adding in Kevin Durant. And usually, when you drop a superstar in on a team, it takes some time for that team to mesh around them. But there's a difference between dropping somebody like LeBron James on the Suns and dropping somebody like Kevin Durant. You can argue who you think is a better player right now, but Kevin Durant fits in schematically with the Phoenix. Suns, 10 times better than LeBron because KD can play off the ball. He can catch the ball off the screens, off of handoffs. He could dribble the ball. He could be the screener. He could be everything. So with Kevin Durant and the chemistry there, maybe it'll take a game. Maybe it'll take two. I might be wrong by saying this, but my personal belief going to click like that. It's not yeah. going to take a long time. A couple things. I think this team is uniquely qualified to be able to get it right right away. To be able to uh, play together right away with no bumps or bruises at all. I mean, look at the, the roster. You've got Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Chris Paul, just the point god. Some people might not like him. He's a very polarizing figure. But when it comes to hoop, he loves hoop. He's one of the greatest veterans leaders the game has ever seen. Devin Booker, his demeanor and how he carries himself is the reason why Kevin Durant and Chris Paul are here. Yeah. Like, that's going to work. The reason I think they're uniquely qualified is because Chris Paul's done it so much in his career. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't, it's been seamless for him. I think he's done great with every team that he's played with and just gone in. It's been easy for him, right? He's mm-hmm. done it so much. He's played with other stars, Blake Griffin, Russell Westbrook, uh, and... Uh, who else? Uh, and uh, James Harden, correct? Yeah, did he, play with Russell, did he play with Russell Westbrook? He, he didn't play with Russ, no, but he, he did play he with, James. with uh, James Harden. But it, it was seamless for him. And then when he came in here, things just clicked right away with him and Devin Booker. But for Devin Booker, he's played well with Chris Paul, too. Devin Booker is the most adaptable, here's that word again, adaptable superstar in the league, maybe next to Kevin Durant. Devin Booker's unselfishness is incredible. If you look at the amount of touches per game and time possession holding the ball, compared to Luka, if you want to go to the extreme, but even a Donovan Mitchell, a Zach Levine, Devin Booker has the ball in his hands for significantly less time than those guys and still produces. His efficiency is off the charts. He is that guy. He can dribble. He can pull up off the dribble. All that. But he's a weapon off of screens. He's a weapon off yeah. the ball. And so is Kevin Durant. You could just take turns between the two exactly. and it would be fine. But then you've got Chris Paul, pass first point guard, and DA, who's going to be in single coverage and has to be the single most focused he's ever been in his entire life. Monty has coached Kevin Durant for four, number one. Yep. Number two, I was talking to Kellen Olsen about this the other day. You look at the different plays that they run, the pin downs, the ball screens, you can just literally plug and play Kevin Durant. Put him in McHale's spot. Exactly. The the free throw line jump shot off the screen, like off a pin down that he runs, like that's literally what Kevin Durant has been doing his entire career. You watch what the Suns have been doing the last few games and you're watching it differently because you're looking at it and you're like, well, Kevin Durant could do that. 
Yeah. Like he could, he could do that very easily. And mm-hmm. like, and, and Tevin Booker can be on that side. And if it doesn't work, he could just pass it to him and Booker just knocks down. Like, like there's so many possibilities. It's going to be exciting, but I think it's just going to be seamless. He's just going to go right into it. I mean, there might be some hiccups every once in a while, but this isn't a Kyrie and Luca situation in Dallas where both players need the ball in their hands to, to really succeed. And they're going to pass it back and forth almost on purpose to show, oh, no, I'm not unselfish. No, no, I'm not unselfish. Everything here is going to come easily. Okay? Chris Paul's going to control everything, going to get Booker his touches, going to get Durant his touches, going to get Aiton his touches, and then everything else is going to be played harmonically after that. I don't think people right? I don't think people understand the level of basketball genius that's going to be on the court at one time with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and you know what? Throw DeAndre Ayton in there as well. He's the youngest. He has the most to prove. But this is a this is a really really important stretch for him. And I think he's going to see he's going to see Booker. He's going to see Durant. He's going to see Paul. Everybody fall into place. It's got to click. It's got to. And I think it will. It definitely will. I I I see no problems with it, and I and I think that it's going to be a fun final twenty some odd games left in this season to watch, and um, it, it's going to be exciting once the playoffs come around because we're going to see some very exciting games, but with a superstar like Kevin Durant playing alongside these guys. That's going to do it for today. That's uh, thanks to Jesse Morrison and Lauren Koval behind the glass. For Eric Ruby and myself, Jeremy Schnell filling in for Bickley and Murata, I'm Jeremy Schnell. Howard Balzer and Tim Ring are next filling in for Wolf and Luke here on Arizona Sports, the local sports re- leader.